Good afternoon, Shelly Bell. Hey. Doing well today? I'm awesome. How are you? Fantastic. You're always awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> um, so I know you're a really busy lady. I'm, I'm super excited, um, you know, as you know, about the opportunity to uh, speak with you today, Shelly. And uh, I think we'll have a really good conversation. As you know, as I mentioned to you, it's just, you know, we're just going to keep it conversational, try to help and touch as many people as possible. So what I'm going to do first is uh, I always try to start with a little story. I was challenged to do that, start with a story or provide some kind of mortgage tips because people are like, you know, Sean, you got all these different types of people. We don't hear you talk about mortgages that much. And uh, that's fine. But what we've been able to do. So everybody that's getting into this podcast and even on the replay, if you could hashtag more than a mortgage live, hashtag more than a mortgage live, because for me, it's more than a mortgage. Uh, uh, Shelly, you know, I have so many, I've been using the word dope and I know you like that word too, as well, people in the network. And so it's like a shame to have taken, you know, a, a 20 year career uh, and meeting so many different types of people to not be able to share the network with everyone. And so that's what this is all about. So one of the things I dressed up for you today, Shelly, I dressed up for you. Like, I, I don't think I've had a dress shirt on since March. And uh, even before then, I, I wasn't a, a huge fan. Everybody usually sees me in T-shirts and, you know, like a like a pullover or something like that. But I'm not sure, Shelly, if I ever told you about my T-shirts and why I like T-shirts and love T-shirts. I mean, who doesn't love a good T-shirt? I support it. I support a good T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. But for me, T-shirts have like become the most expensive part of my life forever. The most expensive piece of my wardrobe. Right. And it's not what you think, because I buy a lot of T-shirts. It's because I think back to going in the student union in college. Right. And what they do is they line up to give you credit cards, but they dangle these T-shirts at you when they give you the when they give you the credit cards. Right. And so you walk away with the T-shirt, but you also walk away with a ton of debt. Right. And right. a ton of credit cards, because in order right. to get the T-shirt, you have yeah, to take the credit card. So to me, it's always a reminder of decisions, 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 decisions. All right. So making, you know, certain types of decisions and, you know, pretty much how they have consequences and sort of affect your life. Mm -hmm. So today, I think we're going to touch a little bit on that because you have a really good thing that you're working with uh, with an organization that I like to touch on to as well. But one of the things that I'd like to talk to the folks that are listening, like as it relates to home ownership, as it relates to doing any form of a business, right? Those T-shirts represent decisions. But as a business owner, as you know, and starting a business, buying a home or whatever it might be, it's super, super important for you to understand where you, where you are with your credit profile, right? Because lots of things that we do to be able to be eligible to purchase these high dollar items, to get lines of credit for businesses and such, when they ask you to be personal guarantors and things like that, it's, it's super important that you have your credit right. And so not everybody's perfect and not everybody, uh, you know, goes through that. But my story is that I messed my credit up. I was able to fix it. And so if I can do it, anybody can. And so once I figured out how those bad decisions affected me and had consequences and we were able to fix it, then life got a lot better for me uh, in regards to, uh, you know, finances and such. And so with that, Shelly, I just wanted to open by just stressing the importance again, like I said, of making the very best decisions that you can, but also understanding that the decisions you make have consequences, right? But then also to 
speaking to the business owners and the founders that we're going to be speaking to today, how important it is for them to really be conscious on financial literacy in their credit. So with that said, Shelly Bell, can you tell us who you are and what you do? I'm Shelly Bell, I'm the founder of Black Girl Ventures. Uh, we work to create access to capital for black and brown women founders. Uh, one of the ways we do that is with a unique granting program that couples pitching and crowdfunding. So it's like Shark Tank with an audience, um, couple like Kickstarter uh, mixed in, right? And I mean, ultimately it's the ultimate rent party for entrepreneurs. So women pitch their, their business and then the audience actually goes into their own pockets and donates to the pitch that they favor and this counts as a vote. Um, and then we also give away 10K for the first prize, 6K for the second prize, 2K for the third for the third place. Um, I started this in 2016 and it was literally just a brunch in a house. A bunch of women got together. We threw some money in. We literally we voted with marbles and coffee mugs, um, and then we granted that money out to the the woman who won. Um, we also now have grown tremendously to offer a unique uh, accelerated program that caters to the underrepresented founder, where you might not be able to work on your business from nine to five. You might not be able to move across country and sit thirteen weeks in an accelerated program. Um, that should not be a barrier to you growing your company. So. Is really designed to, uh, and the first module, in fact, works through the money mindset. And so when we have people do their money history and we have them think through, well, what has your experience with money been like? And it's so interesting. Like, as the more and more we do it, what happens is like people either didn't have uh, good experiences with money from the beginning, like they just, they didn't know, you know, their parents didn't have good experience with money or they didn't. And then there was a shift where it got worse or maybe a shift where it got better. And then there's a, the experiences where they had money, knew about money, set up accounts, had great, have great credit, credit, all of that. And then there was a shift where it got worse and it's usually around college. Mm -hmm. And so I think is we have to revisit as a community what happens to people around that college age where finances start to they become more aware of their finances. So ultimately, well, we have the Jetpack Accelerator, which is where we house that program. We also have a uh, chapters like across the city, across the country. So we have uh, Miami, Birmingham, Alabama, Philadelphia, Houston, and uh, Durham, North Carolina, where we currently have about three to five women on the ground who work with us directly to help other black and brown women founders uh, get access to capital. So we train them on our efforts and then they deliver the efforts locally to help their community as well as educational experiences. Got it. And then so, Shelly, like, how did you uh, how did you start this? Like what what made you do it? Like, you know, there's always some kind of purpose involved and in some sort of paradigm shift in someone's life. But like, where did this all come from? Because if you Google you, you can find out a bunch of amazing things about what your organization is doing. But like, how did it all start? Like, what, what was the purpose? So I've lived a lot of lives. <laughs> I've been a K through 12 teacher. I worked, I was a patent examiner for the patent and trademark office. I worked in workforce development. I like just, I had done a lot of things. I saw vacuum cleaners. I was a, I called myself a private eye at one point. That's a different story. But, um, you know, I had a lot of things that I had done and I was working in workforce development um, and the boss that I had at the time, I feel like didn't, did not care about the people that we were serving. He asked me to do something that I didn't approve of. I didn't do it. 
And so he laid me off. And so there I was laid off. I decided to do art for a year because I had done performance poetry. And at the end of that year, I was like, hey, I told my fiance at the time, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to start a business or I'm going to get a job in art. And he was like, oh, that's too risky. You know, we're building a family. That's not going to work. So I, I went to work for a patent search firm back in the patent and trademark office. And I, the best boss I've ever had, honestly, but I hated it every day. He called me <laughs> in one day. And he said, you know what? This is not for you. You're amazing, but this is not for you. He laid me off. He gave me a really great package, but I was devastated. So I went home and I called California Psychics. And I was like, what is going on with my life? And the woman, she told me, when you find a thing that you want to do, the money will come and you're not going to be with that guy. So within about two months, my entire life flipped upside down. Threw everything out of my living room. I got disengaged from my from my fiance. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to build a business. And that's literally how it went. Now, I would say that like all of my experiences leading up to this point, I had supported why I felt like I could do this because I had made things work before. But the first thing I decided to do was build a teepee in my living room. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> I said, I'm going to build a teepee, put it in my living room, and I'm going to rent it out. And people were like, nobody's going to sleep in your living room in a teepee. I was at Home Depot. I didn't even know how to drill a hole at the time. The associates was like, what are you doing? And I told them, I'm going to build a teepee, put it in my living room, and I'm going to rent it out. So I did. And come to find out, Airbnb has a TP option. And I had oh, a lot wow. of people that wanted to come and stay in this TP. Um, I let one person come and stay, and I quickly found out that I didn't want people sleeping in my living room in a TP. So I decided <laughs> to not do that anymore. And a p- I took a pivot. But what other skills did I have? Um, and I, in a previous role, I learned how to do pitch t shirts. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do a t shirt company. My first line did not work. It was the LGBT line. Nobody bought it. It sucked. The second one was made by a black woman. I put it on a shirt. Everybody loved it. My mom invested her retirement. I took my tax return and bought my own machines. Because keep in mind, I was laid off. All I had was unemployment and some money I was making through art. So, and the money, a little bit of money that I may have made off the TP. So I took that, my tax return and the money my mom gave me from her retirement and use that to build out this print shop. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to outsource my printing. I'm gonna print in house. So with those machines, I started printing for other people too. Small brands, small influencers, local festivals, people who wanted one or two shirts and started doing a lot of networking, ended up getting a connection to Google, started doing orders for Google, started doing orders for Amazon and really started to see my business level up. That first year full business, we made Essence Magazine holiday gift guide for our infant bodysuits for Made by a Black Woman. So things were just taking off. And then the news came out, your Black women weren't getting access to capital. And so I was like, okay, well, let's just pull some people together, throw some money in a hat and give it away. And that's literally how it went. And so I did. I was doing that and my print shop for about another year. And then in 2018, I said, I'm going to give Black Girl Ventures 30 days. If it pops in 30 days, we're going to roll with it. If it does not, I'm going to let it go. And I took all of the all of my energy. I put my print shop to the side right. for 30 days. And I, I had a contract with Google at that point. So I was just doing that community engagement with them. And it popped 
it worked. It like took off. I landed a partnership with another side of Google, Google Cloud for startups. And from there was able to travel the country. So we started Atlanta, Chicago, DC, New York, doing this crowdfunded pitch competition. We became a Google charity so that we can allow people to donate and vote. And there we were building it out, like steamrolling. And so many people wanted us to come to their city that I had to build a model that scales. And so that's where the chapters came from. So I told myself, if I could just teach other people to do what I have done, they can do it locally in their communities across the world. And so the, the, the you and Miriam Kaufman Foundation were one of our first, they were our first believer in the fact that we could execute this chapter model. And so we rolled it out. We recruited 25 women across the five cities. And then there we were rocking and rolling, two launches, and then boom, COVID hit. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, if a black woman can't raise money on a regular day, then what's she going to do in a pandemic? Okay. Yeah, but, but she can, uh, she can make lemonade out of lemons though. And you know, uh, that's out of right. lemons. And you know, that's right. So you know, that's <laughs> what we did. So got to work, went digital. I mean, we already were planning to do that, but this just caused us to move it up in the pipeline. Thank God that at the end of 2019, I had actually built out proprietary software to handle the pitching and the donating costs she raised. Not knowing that COVID was about to hit, I just knew that I couldn't find software that could do all that I needed it to do, which was house the pitches and allow us to like launch a pitch competition, um, allow people to vote and donate, allow us to pay out, allow transparency on the back end. And so we built this set product called She Raise. So as we went to 2019, everything was shutting down. Luckily, we had our software product. And so... We took off from there, created an online incubator platform, started offering virtual services. So we offer virtual uh, co-working on Wednesdays, virtual pitch practice on Wednesdays. Right. We do a monthly women in business support group uh, to keep people in business and helping them like mentally through COVID. So, yeah. And then the murder of George Floyd happened. Yeah. Yeah. This tragedy caused people to wake up to certain realities that they hadn't woken up to. And the influx of partners, capital, people came and we were we were ready. We had done the work. We had laid the foundation. And when all the calls started coming in, we put a process in place to be able to take them all in. And so over the course of, the, of just the last maybe six months, we've raised about three million dollars. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so with that, tell, 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 so I'm going to ask you two more questions around this, right? So first, and because I want to get into uh, one of your partnerships uh, that you have um, that, that really kind of, you know, touched me and means a lot to me, but uh, vote, you said it a couple of times while you were speaking, vote and donate, vote and donate with your dollars. So I'm a, uh, entrepreneur or a, a black or brown women founder, woman founder, right? And mm -hmm. I wanted to be involved. Number one, why do I do it? How do I do it? And then what the heck does it mean to vote and donate with my dollars? Yeah, great questions. So the reason why you do it, I mean, and I'll pull it back from a personal reason into a systematic reason. Yeah. Uh, women, the news that came out that I talked about, yeah. Was that black women were starting businesses at six times the national average, yet receiving less than 1% of venture capital. 
on top of the fact that bank between bank discrimination and redlining, which kept people from uh, getting access to loans, uh, and just it, then people didn't have access to capital. Right, black people, to be clear, do not have access to generational wealth, um, and we have been legally, historically disadvantaged. Right, right. Now, I, I I say that to bring context to why we do it. That is, that's not a, that's not a point that I want to harbor. Right, like, I want right. I want to bring context to like why this is necessary. And I want us as a, a society to move forward That's into right. the how, right? So here we are, it's done. Maybe the last 60 years has been the only amount of time that black people in particular have been able to uh, grow wealth uninterrupted. And if we count sub uh, subprime lending, we got to narrow that to maybe 10, 15 years, right? So, <laughs> so, Saying all that to say the context behind black and brown women not having access to capital generationally, there is no friends and family realm. Right. So and uh, families who have more wealth, you can, you know, get your uncle to give you 20K to experiment on a thing that you thought of last night. Well, that is not the case in underrepresented groups, which is why they are underrepresented in, the, in these cases. And so the why is if you're out there and you need access to capital, Social and financial. So social capital, meaning you need a network to grow. You need to know people. You need to know, get to investors. You need to um, you need to be more visible so that investors can get to you. Right. That's one reason if you're out there and and this is not even a try to get started thing. So I don't even want to if you are trying to get started, we welcome you into our community. But for the pitch competition, you have to have been at least a year in business revenue generating. It is people who are past the idea phase. They're absolutely in business. And when you're in business, for those who are out there, you can hit a wall. Yeah. You can be rocking and rolling, you know, learning your processes, things are coming in, and then boom, something happened and you can hit a wall and you need a, an infusion of capital to keep you going. Maybe you need to hire somebody else. You know, so if you, we are your friends and family around. So that's why to get involved. You know, there's other reasons. We have a, a community that you can join, a BGV Connect. So you can, if you just want to be around other black and brown women, like founders and find your tribe as a black and brown woman out there, you can definitely join the um, the Connect platform right. and be around people who can give you insights. So peer mentoring, access to social capital, access to financial capital. That is the why you should get involved. The how you should get involved is uh, go to our website, blackgirlventures.org. You can apply or find the community that fits best for you. The why funders should get involved or volunteers or mentors should get involved is because the rising tide raises all boats. And so if we all do something, like when I, when I created Black Revengers, it was like, we got to do something. <laughs> right, we can't just yeah. You just can't wait. just sit around here and watch it happen this way when because you were living it at the time too as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We can't just wait for the banks to figure it out or some bigger institution to figure it out. And we live in a democracy, so how could we democratize this? What could that look like to get more people involved? Right. Civic engagement is the most powerful thing that we have. So I think you know it was how do we do something right? 
Right. And then the other question you asked me was when, when we get to the pitch competition. Right. So uh, I'm, okay, fortunate, I'm fortunate to make it to the pitch competition and I, I'm up there doing my thing. Right. And then you mentioned uh, uh, vote with your 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 dollars. Right. Um, You know, vote and donate. Like, what's that look like? OK. So the way the platform is set up is when you land on SheRaised.com, you'll be able to click on the open open event that's live. And then you will uh, you can take a look at the pitches. They have videos there. So we have a we put together a whole production. So there's a live event and then that stays open for a week after. And when you land on those pages, you can click through, look at all the founders that you want um, for the live event. You'll be able to actually say, mm, I want to give ten dollars to this one. I want to give one hundred dollars to this one. This is the one I really love. I'm going to get five hundred dollars to that one. You put in any amount. And uh, you can put those in on one page and then check out as a donation. Your donations are 501c3 tax deductible donations because you donate to us and we grant out to them. So when you and then those votes. So every dollar is a vote. Like every time you enter a dollar amount, that's one vote. So if you go and you do two thousand dollars to one person, that's one vote for that one person. Right. And then they are going to get a portion of that, a large portion of that money. Minus different fees. And then, uh, yeah. And so you can do that as many times as you want. You become a part of our platform. As more women, as we do more of the competitions, you have more access to more founders, see more ideas. Um, actually, in your own backyard, be able to support more businesses, support Black and Brown women business in general. And I think because we oftentimes it's support through buying, right? Like buy Black, which is great. And we should we should do that. In this instance, you get an opportunity to support, to potentially support the supply chain. Um, because when you find a black or brown woman business who is a vendor, then you get an opportunity to support the supply chain, right? Um, so on the other end, you support the, the growth by through their purchase of a product or service. But on this end, you're supporting with them being able to stay in business so that they can't continue to sell those products. Right. Understood. No, that's that's uh, I'm glad you you know, you you broke that down for us because it's very important because I know in my network, I do have quite a few, uh, you know, women founders that are, you know, have launched and they're beyond the launch phase. There's also folks in leadership positions that are in our network as well that really need to hear this um, because, you know, uh, at, you mentioned George Floyd after that incident. Everybody kind of wanted to know, well, how can I help? You know, what can I do to help? And like, these are things that you can do to help because I, I've never once heard you say that anyone's looking for a handout. It's like, hey, listen, give us the opportunity, give you the access to the capital, right? For these underrepresented, you know, this underrepresented class. And so um, it's amazing what you're doing. It's amazing. You know, I just, I, you, you know how I feel about you, Shelly, since I've met you, but um, this is great. A um, couple more questions because I won't take up much more of your time, but Experian. So I know that's that's public. And t tell me about that, because, you know, you heard me open with my situation in college. You know, um, like you mentioned, I didn't have anyone in my family that was really up on that, that could really give me an idea of how to utilize credit. And for me, to be quite honest with you, it was a survival skill. You know, it was just like basically like, you know, I don't have a bunch of extra money. My mom gave me money to buy my books, you know, to to, to eat a little bit and, you know, things like that while I was in school. But like, 
you know, I, I, it was hard to work. Or then when I was working, you know, it wasn't that much. And so it's like they dangle these credit cards in front of you. And you're just like, you know, when I walk across the stage, I'm going to be a millionaire anyway with my bachelor's degree, right? <laughs> and, and, and then boom, you know, reality hits and that's not the case. And then you look at things and you got to pay back your student loans and you have to pay back all this debt that you've accumulated over the time. And so sometimes, like you mentioned, we come into a situation where we're disadvantaged. And so from what I read about this experience um, relationship that you have, it's going to be helping with financial education and literacy for the black and brown women founders. Is that right, Shelly? Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting because I think like financial literacy um, has kind of been pushed into uh, topics about retirement um, or topics about saving money um, and not always literacy around credit, yeah. literacy around investment. Um, you know, it's interesting. And it's when we do the money activity, like I was talking about, you know, we find that when people get $20, they can feed a family for a month. Like they figured it out. It's like, I'm going to stretch this as far as I can go. But then they get $2,000 and all of a sudden they want to save, which then starts to reduce this mentality of like things leaking. So like next thing you know, that $2,000 is gone because we weren't thinking about where to invest it or where we could be using our credit, such that we would have something available later. Right. So Experian and Black Girl Ventures, uh, and I, we're teaming up to try to make credit more human or make these, the financial literacy a little bit more practical and human um, so that people can make it palatable. So people just it makes it easy to do and a part of life openly. Right. Like, you know, you know, the days where you like looking at your credit score, like, you know, <laughs> you don't even want to look at it, you know, and that's and that is the thing. You don't even want to look at if you don't have the money. If you don't have the credit, you do not want to look at those accounts. And so we want to try to combat some of that with some like, you know, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of fun, but also the truth and the reality and some life hacks around right. how you can manage some of these things. So we're launching a podcast together. It's called A Dose of Disruption. It's sponsored by Asperian. And I will be talking about money movement, money management, building your credit. How to come back. So like if you uh, your credit was not so great, then how do you bounce back from that? I'll also be talking about um, business credit, which a lot of people don't necessarily think about. So, yes, in the beginning or just in life in general, you're moving up your personal credit. But at some point, especially if you're manufacturing products, you're going to want to be able to get some business credit such that you can extend the amount of time that you that is that's available to you so you can build that money up. Absolutely. Right. And then put it right back. So it's it's a there's things that I learned about credit, like the credit bureaus don't know how much you make. They only know how much you move, how much you move. And it's a, it's all percentages. That's right. All and, it's percentages. Not, and you can play with it within a credit cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so, so a hundred a hundred dollar credit limit. Right. Versus a thousand dollar credit limit. And it's all about how much you've spent on that or how much you've used. So 30 bucks on a hundred dollars versus $300 on a thousand is the same. Exactly. <laughs> so, and it's your, it's your debt to credit ratio yeah, yeah. versus your debt to income ratio. Right. Which, which we get preached to, especially as underrepresented people about our debt to income ratio. That's right. 
We don't get a lot of conversation about our debt to credit ratio. They never know how much you make. Only the lenders know how much you make. That's right. Yeah, not the bills. That's right. So thinking about how you manage is important or how you have anxiety around managing. Right. Because like you said, it's all a numbers game. And I think people think save, save, debt free, debt free. And it's like mm, valuable, good debt, management, money movement. What is all even even if your money is sitting in some type of account, is it interest bearing? Right. Like that's also money movement. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've learned that more and leverage, leverage too as well. Leverage. Yeah. Leverage. Yeah. Yeah. It's really leverage. leverage. Every that that's really all. Like you said, that is the name of the game. Leverage. What do you have to leverage? Even if you're out there pitching for investment, if you're out there fundraising for, you know, nonprofit, for profit, whatever it is, what do you have to leverage? What's the value for value exchange? What do you have to leverage? Got it. Man, Shelly, I, I sit here all day and talk to you. So I know I, I know I have uh so you mentioned um and we'll put this in the chat, but a dose of disruption uh-huh. is that your podcast. That's right. A and dose now, of it's disruption. It's available now. So Spotify, Apple Music, the trailer's out, but the okay. episodes will, will uh become some we're, we're kind of teasing it. So Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Amazon, yeah. Audible. Okay, and then I put she we put she rays in there. So she raised dot, dot com, right? Mm-hmm. And then blackgirlventures.org. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And so, uh, so everyone, that's how you can uh, get in touch with Black Girl Ventures and find out more information. Like, honestly speaking, <laughs> just Google Shelly Bell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, you know, you talk about branding and there's, there's a, not without a shadow of a doubt, everyone knows what you do. Hmm. Everyone knows. So if, if you, you know, which is amazing, you type your name in, in Google. Um, so this is also a branding lesson, too, as well. When you type Shelly Bell's name in, it's synonymous with Black Girl Ventures. It's synonymous with ha- helping founders, Black and, you know, brown women uh, with their businesses and such. And so um, that's that's great. So, Shelly, look, dead or alive, one person, one question, who would it be and what would you like to walk away with? Like, what would the question you like to be answered? Huey Newton. Okay. Okay. Can't wait to hear this one. (laughs) What would you, knowing now what you could know where we are are now, what would you do differently to start a revolution? Now. Now. What would he do now? Okay. What would he be doing right now? Okay. And why'd you pick Huey Newton? He's radical, highly intelligent. Sissy is a system. He's a systematic thinker and a disruptor and a different kind of personality. And I think that the anybody that's viewed as being able to come right and start one, the government deemed at, at some point deemed them highly dangerous. Um, and so I think that I just, I just think he was on to something, right? Yeah. And now, however he decided to go about it is whatever. But, like, he was on to something. And I really would love to hear from him. And and it's funny because one of my students, uh, when I was teaching, I'd helped her get into this intern. Well, I'd helped, I, through connections, helped her get into shadow some engineers because I'm a computer scientist. And so she said, 
but I was also doing a lot of work behind the scenes at the school to try to get like veteran teachers to get more engaged and to try to solve some of the school's race issues. Cause there was a lot of race issues in the high school that I was working for. And, um, and she said, you know what? You like, you like a modern day Huey Newton. Right. And I never forgot that. <laughs> right. Right. And I never forgot that. I, I consider myself to be diplomatically radical. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say that. Cause when you said radical, I know that's a part um, of the values is diplomatically radical. Yeah. Diplomatically yeah. radical. And like I said, I, I'm not angry about what has not happened yet per se. I am optimistic for what we can do. And that's why I want society to be focused because right now, Trump, President Trump and coronavirus, the coronavirus pandemic has showed us that nothing has to happen the way we thought it had to happen. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not finances, not laws, not school, not government vote, not Congress voting. None of it has to happen the way we kept thinking that it had to, pressed that it had to. It, it doesn't. And we've seen that now. That's been proven. Right, right, right. So thanks again, Shelly. Look, I talk about relationships, DNA, and plan. Those are my top three, my core three. And so today, everybody's seen how um, important it is to build these relationships and build them before you need them. I met you through someone that I've known, you know, for a half of my life. And not knowing that I already knew you anyway. Right. So that was a relationship and a seed that was planted so many years ago. You talk about today. So the nuggets that I took away today is that whole social capital, because we both know it's really about who, you know, to help you move that needle. Right. And who buys into your story and, 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 and what you're doing. And so that also plays into Shelly, that DNA when you put that TP up. <laughs> You know, and then when you when you started the clothing line and stuff and you knew the struggles and the challenges that you had to go through. Right. To get to the certain point. And then you look around and you see others that are struggling or potentially going through the same plight as you that you can offer services and you can you know be the change that you wish, you know, that you would wish to see. And then lastly, building a plan. Everything I heard you say. And this is a whole nother story that I could tell about my 12 year old son that taught me. You made a comment that you have to and you have and you are teaching what you have done. Right. So for business owners and professionals in general. Right. Build a model that's that can be sustainable. Right. That so that can be ready to pivot at any time. So when it's you know, when it becomes available, we just went through that with COVID. And so, Shelly, I think you've laid out a great plan for us today. And again, I appreciate it. I'll just ask you to stay on with me one more minute after I close this. But, you know, everybody, thank you for always, uh, you know, tuning in and supporting us. This is the 35th week that we've done this. And I really appreciate that. We're going to um, rebrand this and it's going to be called More Than a Mortgage. So if you can hashtag More Than a Mortgage, that would be very helpful for us. So once again, More Than a Mortgage. So everybody... Stay positive, be healthy as you possibly can, stay safe, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you.